Hotter Than Health, episode 88. My name is Eliza Gelman. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, health, overall healthy lifestyles, and of course, your morning conference call, which I'm sure you will get to know more about in this episode. So today we have a really exciting special episode. We've got my good friend Liz Wood. She works with me here at Hilo Fitness Studios. She is iconic in the fitness industry. She's in the bar, <laughs> she's in the bar industry. She's an athlete. She was a collegiate athlete. She's competed in different competitions. She's a mom of two. She's transitioned uh, within the past year or so into a predominantly plant-based lifestyle. She's brought her family into it. She's made it fun, creative really made a beautiful lifestyle out of it. And then, um, you know, she's just been great at sharing her wisdom and recipes for anyone who wants to know them as she's gone. So if you do want to follow her, she's going to be giving us some good info and input into momhood and womanhood and boob jobs and all that good stuff today. Find her on Instagram, Liz Wood dot fitness balanced so it's l-i-z-w-o-o-d dot fitness balanced on instagram make sure you follow her cute ass kids bomb ass food so liz thank you for being here hi thanks for having me eliza i love your podcast i've listened to every single episode (laughs) y'all liz is my number one fan when i first started the podcast i you really were one of the first people to start listening to it and like thanks girl i love Um, it so if you like the podcast then you should go follow Liz because you guys have some shit in common. But before we get into everything, I want you to tell everyone, keep it as long or as short as you want, more about you, about your lifestyle. How did you get into your lifestyle now? Where did you start? Fitness, nutrition, all that good stuff. Okay, so... um... I'm one of six kids, and my parents met because my dad was my mom's um, track coach at Virginia Tech, and um, (laughs) they got married and had six kids, and we all kind of ran track. My brother did more, like, volleyball, and but everyone did sports. I ran collegiately and earned a partial scholarship that way, which was great, but there was numerous problems. I developed an eating disorder in college. It lasted, like, um, 10 years on and off, maybe more than that. Um, Jesus. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's hard. Running's really, really hard. There's a lot of injuries. And so after college, I gained a lot of weight in college and afterwards. And I, every time I got injured, I would stop running. So that's when I would gain weight. So I finally realized I was getting injured so much, I needed to do something else. So I got into personal training. I got all these certifications. I started doing pole fitness. I have like 10 certs, including Clean pole fitness. That was a lot of fun. I have a pole in my house. <laughs> Y'all, I, I hope you know that she's not saying pool. She's saying pole. Pole. P-O-L-E. Like this Stripper pole. But sexual. pole fitness. <laughs> I am kind of sexual. It's All my bar classes sexual. are very sexual. But I mean, we have like black balls and like you're sticking your vagina. I mean, it's just hard not to be. It's just fun. We're all adults. It's okay. I have kids at home. I can't. I mean, we do talk about penises and vaginas at home too, but on the right in an appropriate way (laughs) um so so then I got all these different certifications and I realized like I can there's so many other ways I can train my body without running I still run I'm actually doing track workouts again right now but I'm not doing it every single day you know I'm filtering it in so it's like four days a week instead of you know like 12 two days days (laughs) yeah it was like 12 days a week I was 12 times a week it was like twice weekly so so that's how I got into fitness it's really been involved for my family and then we've always had a huge family garden and been into gardening which I'm into and 
Um, we're a pretty healthy family, so it's like a healthier Americanized family. Um, and I didn't think too much about nutrition. I wanted to get into nutrition, and I looked into being, being a nutritionist or a registered dietitian, but the programs in Charleston are really, really scarce. And I didn't really want to go back to school. Um, and I'm not in any way a nutritionist of any form. I just became vegan, and my family is vegan. Mm -hmm. So, and that happened starting after Thanksgiving last year of 2019. So, how old are your kids right now? Nine. My daughter Lorelai is nine, and my son is six. Okay. And by the way, her children are gods and goddesses. They are gorgeous <laughs> and so perfect and amazing. Crazy, but so, so they are amazing. crazy. <laughs> um, you you touched on something. You said you know our family has always been pretty healthy with a with a quote unquote standardized American diet. Mm -hmm. So. Let's look back two years ago. What did you guys eat? Like for dinner on a regular night, what would you consider healthy? What's something that you look at now and you think, okay, there were definitely better alternatives or I just didn't know any better. You know, what would that look like? So I um, did not like cooking at all before I became vegan. Like didn't like it. I only liked baking desserts and I would skip meals just so I could bake desserts and eat the dessert sometimes. Like not... And an I just wanted the dessert. I didn't care about the food. Um, so I, I didn't cook a lot before, actually. We would have, like, um, in the summertime, like, tomato pies with homegrown tomatoes, which, you know, it's cheese and mayonnaise over rice. Um, we would have, like, I don't know, chicken and <laughs> rice. We would have, like, eggs and toast. I mean, kind of the normal stuff, like mm -hmm. pancakes for breakfast. It wasn't anything elaborate. And it was just vegetables and meat and grains. Mm -hmm. um, we never drank a ton of milk, but, you know, but ice like cream. Someone who bakes all the time, you know, eggs, butter, mm -hmm. dairy. Yeah, every day. Because Liz used to, you used to come in to Hilo and be like, I made this pie or I made these brownies or this fucking ice cream. And she would yes. literally bring in bags of ice cream. And I was like, how did you, how? how? Also, <laughs> I hate you right now. I know. You always were like, I'm, I'm good. Go away. Don't I, bring me any food. But I would still, when she left the room, I was like, I'll just have one bite. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, even I think a lot of people have issues with substituting, you yeah. know, I'm sure it was hard to find these perfect, amazing recipes that you've had passed down from family member to family member. And you're like, okay, but you know, coconut milk isn't the same as whole milk and cheese isn't the same as almond cheese. And like, was that a hard transition for you as someone who loves to bake? You... In the beginning it was. So my, so another thing to note is I'm one of six kids and almost every single person in my family of my my siblings has a gut issue except for me um well I say except for me like I haven't been diagnosed with anything um so my brother has uh he can't digest um dairy very well so he's been dairy free for a while my sister has celiac my other sister has ulcer colitis um my oh. other brother is allergic to like peanut butter and a f numerous other things um and then I have one sister I don't know if she has anything um so my brother, when he, he was dairy-free, and I remember making him a cake when he was in college, and I remember it was a dairy-free cream cheese icing, and I didn't think it was good at all because I was eating dairy, and he thought it was awesome. And now I make the same cake for myself, and I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> so I think you just, like, acclimate. Like, you, the first few weeks or the first few times, you're like, no, this is not the same. It's not. I, I mean, it's not the same. 
Mm-hmm. The end. It's just not going to be as good if you're having real dairy. But when you act in a different way, yeah. Well, you're just like I mean, you're. I'm just used to it now, and I think it's great. I think mm-hmm. it tastes wonderful. But it's. I don't know if it's fair to compare it because it isn't dairy. So why are we comparing it? It's, it's a nut. True. And I also think that people say, oh, it's not as good because it's not as. I think that if they rephrased it and said like this isn't as familiar, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. that's a good one. You know, it's just call it what it is. Yeah. It's it's a better alternative. It's easier to digest. Um, I also want to know, based on your experience, and then I want to talk about like your household and how you've transitioned people, because that's like a big question that people have been asking. And even if they weren't asking about it for this podcast, it's something that I get all the time. It's like, I really want to go plant-based or vegan or, or just adopt a healthier lifestyle, but it's hard when my husband doesn't want the same thing or my kids, I have to cook three separate things. You know, it always becomes an issue. But mm-hmm. before we get into that, I want to know what you have felt personally, whether it be your clothes fit better, your skin feels better, your energy, your poop, what Mm. is better or different that you've noticed in the past year and a half that you've started integrating more plant-based decisions into your, into your lifestyle? That's a great question. Um, wait, I think maybe, I don't know if I lost weight. I actually gained a pound or two in the beginning. Um, and now, um, I lose weight if I eat less sugar. Going vegan didn't really make me lose weight, but I don't think I really need to lose weight. Um, except for my own mental (laughs) dysfunction sometimes, but bodily wise, like health wise, I'm good. Um, but energy, I mean, I don't know if you remember that one meeting we had and I had so much energy and I said, it's because I'm plant-based. <laughs> I was like so much energy. And then pooping. So I, in high school and college and all before that, I had a huge issue. I mean, I was going to the bathroom like once every three days or something and it was so painful and so hard. And when I was pregnant and traveling, it was the worst. I mean, I stopped up so many toilets in college. Like fraternity toilets like and just like bolted out the door I'm like oh it's overflowing peace <laughs> like it was bad someone before we did it bye yeah um so I had an issue and now I go to the bathroom like twice a day and, and now it's good it's easy and honestly I will I mean here we are I remember the first like month or no the first year or so that I started working at Hilo it was, I think, before I even started coaching and people knew that I was really interested in like health and nutrition specifically and gut and digestion. And I remember I did it. It was like Liz and I were close, but it was just at work. You know, yeah. we didn't really. And I look at my phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I look at my phone and I guarantee you I still have it. And there is literally a picture of her turd in the toilet yeah, that she proud. sent to me. And it was perfect. Uh, let me tell you guys, I mean, you know that book, like the Bristol stool chart, the book Everybody Poops. This is that turd. I'm telling you, and I'm sorry, this is going to trigger some people maybe, and it's gross, but like, sorry. Usually, I, I don't see poops that look that gorgeous it didn't touch the sides of the toilet bowl it literally just like almost disappeared into the hose like beautiful soft banana and as gross as it was I was like almost offended but then I was like wait this is amazing I'm now we're very close so there was not even really a text to go along with it other than just like maybe a thumbs up 
or like look how perfect it is and I was like thank you so much um anyways I thought that was pretty funny but um so you're saying now that your pooping is regular yeah and no how's what about bloating what about indigestion because we've talked about this a ton when you're like walk in and you're rock hard Mm -hmm. your stomach is poofing out you think that you've gained 20 pounds of water weight and it's so uncomfortable you don't want to work out you don't want to wear anything tight you don't want to eat anything you don't want to be around anyone what do you what's the deal with that yeah whenever I travel I get bloated pretty bad Mm -hmm. um and then so I tried to like when we went to Tulum I did fasting from when I woke up until we got there. So I didn't eat in the airport or anything to help with that, which I think was helpful. But if I drive anywhere for hours, I get bloated and it lasts a couple of days for me. So then I just have to fast, honestly. So the last time we took a short, like few day trip and we were driving around, I came back and fasted for like 60 hours or something, which is the longest I've ever gone. And I wanted to get, I did this whole research. If you do five days, you get this mental clarity that's amazing and so much energy, but I didn't feel good at 60, so I stopped. I just listened to my body, and I was mm-hmm. like, if I don't feel good by now, then I'm done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm like back to intermittent fasting, like three or four mornings mm-hmm. a day, because I kind of stopped for a while, and I was feeling it. I was feeling like heavy. I mean, it's so hard. Like the, some mornings you wake up and you're waking up at five and you're coaching three and then you want to work out but you haven't eaten anything so you kind of have to eat early and then the other days you want to eat first because then you have to go mm-hmm. work out right away it's just it's hard with our schedule but I'm once your body the biggest thing I think to take away from anything is like your body will acclimate it will get used to everything it just takes the first few days or the first couple of weeks, whatever, depending on what it is, it takes, takes time to get used to it. And then, mm-hmm. and then it's fine. Like now, yeah. now I'm used to it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, that's a, that's a question that I get on a weekly basis. Even if I haven't mentioned it, it's like, what, what about intermittent fasting? What do I do? Why is it so important? And I think it's important to know, like you just said, it's, you've done it before trial and error your own you're your own guinea pig you've done your own research and you found out it works well for you in sometimes and then in other times it's it's too much um i also don't recommend doing an extended fast if you haven't done your own research tried it before um like liz has been intermittent fasting for a long time and she knows her body and you know if you're gonna try and do a 60 hour fast like talk to your doctor if you've never done it before work up to it and all that good stuff um so amazing but getting towards the real meat of the subject is just having kids and figuring out how to not make them more plant-based but how to normalize a plant-based lifestyle in your home when not just you but your husband who is also raising these children with you like how he's a meat eater how has he been handling the transition how how did it start like where were the issues where were the hiccups the speed bumps what did you find success in by integrating and how did you approach it everything so I I always thought that um I woke up one day after reading this book and I became vegan then and I kind of did but it was actually a slow transition like you and I talked about it over like a year or two. Long time. Yeah, and Rebecca Henson, who also has a podcast and a website, she, the Refined Hippie, she and I talked about it like every time she would take my classes. And I realized I used to eat these like cheese sandwiches every single day with cottage cheese on top, like years ago. <laughs> 
And I think it was after my competition that I like slowly realized there's other things to eat for lunch. So I didn't eat as many of those. And I think that's kind of what started even a couple years ago, like not eating as much cheese. And I wasn't having ice cream like every night like we did growing up. Like if you ate all your dinner, you got ice cream. So that was a big deal. And, Reward mindset. Right. So yeah. So I always like ate till I was way beyond full and then got even more full by eating ice cream. Not great, so... But. Well, also, let's touch on that. A lot... Okay, tell me your thoughts, because most parents... I'm 27. How old... You're... you're 35. 35? Mm-hmm. So I had Lorelai when I was 20... I got pregnant at 25, and I had her when we were 26. So we were not married yet. Whatever. <laughs> married now, and who cares even if you weren't? Um, but let's let's touch on this so many people Mm -hmm. and parents my parents were the same way I thought this would be how I was as a parent not that I have babies but parents saying finish all your food or you can't leave the table or finish all your food x y and z how do you feel thinking about forcing your kids to eat when they don't want to eat or and then just being like okay you've don't have any other options then this is your meal time but if you don't want to eat don't eat that's okay mm-hmm. like I have heard a lot of parents saying we don't want to force our kids to eat we don't want them to feel like they always have to finish everything on their plate um, and I think that by giving them like basically only healthy options you know they're at least gonna get something healthy so I, it I, it's been in my mind a lot seeing so many parents and seeing how my parents like I feel like I can't leave the table still unless I finish my plate Uh, or there's no food on my plate, whether it's in a to-go box or whatever. But I feel like that is something that has been carried on through all of our lives where we feel like we have to finish everything. And how do you feel about that mindset? I think that it's like our generation, our parents grew up in the depression and mm-hmm. so it's like if you had that food you better eat it because you you might not have as much the next time and mm-hmm. like my mom was one of nine and my dad was one of five mm-hmm. same so, with my mom one of six and she always yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so and I don't know I mean not by any means they weren't like starving or anything it was just that's what yeah we grew up like eat everything on your plate uh, but we didn't get to serve our plate depending on how hungry we were. So, and I used to sneak a lot of chocolate <laughs> throughout the day. So I wasn't always that hungry. I only cared about chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's different for every family though. I don't want to say one way works mm-hmm. because um, different children do um, react differently with food. And a lot of children actually have like sensitivity to certain textures. Oh yeah. Right. So, and, and so then adults, right. So do adults. And then also when you force something, they usually push back the opposite way, right? If you make it think like it's their idea or like, okay, I'll give you enough space to grow into that on your own, then it kind of matures them a little bit and like, oh yeah, okay, I can do that then. So I think it just depends on the family. For us, we don't have a lot of food issues. My son is picky, but uh, what we do for, they eat like smoothies every day. Um, we're huge Blender Bomb fans. <laughs> so Use the we, code Eliza G10. Blender they bombs. literally, Lorelai's obsessed with them. She would eat like five a day if she could. She has one every day, and Liam, Liam eats them as well. And they have smoothies with spinach and kale on them every single day. They eat like oatmeal and avocado toast and all kinds of stuff. And they have, for dinner, we, they have to eat their, I try to make them eat their vegetables first. So even if they get full, they've at least eaten their vegetables first. Or sometimes we eat a salad before we even eat our meal. Mm -hmm. 
So you're sitting down like eating the salad first. Lately, not as much of that, but they still eat their vegetables first and then they just eat until they're full. But we don't do dessert. So because of how I grew up, I didn't want to be that way. And I didn't want a lot of whining at nighttime over, I didn't get dessert and so-and-so did, blah, 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 and all that. So we do not do dessert after meals if we like get a yummy treat because like today they had great homeschooling day. It was awesome. I came home, they did all their work. We played a game and I was like, let's have a few chocolate chips, which is a reward, but it was still like more of an experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Um, or they'll bake with me or Laura and I will pick out a recipe and she'll bake it herself now. And then we get to eat it. So really we have treats in the middle of the day. My son reacts a lot with sugar so the rule now with him this is new is that he has to run five laps around our circle in our cul-de-sac if he eats any trees including like maple syrup because he is crazy wild after he has sugar and y'all he's he is baby tarzan yeah he's baby tarzan the second yeah. he wakes up and has had no sugar and he has I mean, so much energy it's ridiculous and he, and he i don't understand he's so skinny he doesn't really eat that much he's but you. really he's <laughs> sneaking sugar one time he snuck, I had powdered sugar, and he snuck powdered sugar. It's all over his face, <laughs> white, and then there's this trail of it. And he was like, I didn't do that. I just dropped it on the floor and put it on my mouth to trick you. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh. no, no, that's... You're a con artist, yes. someone. So, um, so he, has to, he has to get his energy out anytime we have sugar. But I just don't do desserts after meals. Just I don't want to have to deal with that. That's oh. us personally. And they, they eat healthy because... This is what it is, the end. I mean, we talk about it. We, we have our conversation. So when we, when we went to, when I decided that we were going to go vegan, I read this book, The Microbiome Diet, and I wanted to reset all of our microbiomes. Um, and it takes 22 days and you have to take out a lot. I've been talking about going vegan anyway. I was reading all of this stuff about animals and my daughter, and she allows me to say this, um, she had a lot of health issues, like health problems. And I mean, it was really bad, really bad. There was crying and arguments every morning before school, every day when she came home, just every, all the time. She was scared to do anything or go anywhere because of not having a bathroom nearby or spending too long in the bathroom. I mean, it was, her stomach hurt all the time. I think it, it probably started like, you know, a year and a half ago or two or more and we just didn't realize. And I took her to the doctors probably like five times. I had all this blood work done, everything, like making sure she wasn't anemic or anything. They told me to put her on Miralax and that she could be on it for the rest of her life if she needed to be. And I was like, fuck no, I am not putting my daughter on a medicine that has to do with gut, like has to do with her gut and what she's eating. They it's never want habit forming. Right. <laughs> I'm not gonna keep her on Miralax for any length of time. And I did do it for like a week or two. And then I was like, they're like, well, are you keep doing it? And I was like, no, like, cause where's the this line? Is temporary. Right. And so they never ever brought up gut. And I wanted to go get seen by a gut doctor. And they said, you have to come back in and talk to us again. And I was like, but I've been in there. And they're like, sorry. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna figure this out myself. This is when I was thinking about going vegan and reading the microbiome diet. And I was like, wait, I bet she has like an allergy to gluten. Like SIBO and, or something. Right, yeah. something. And then I was like, and because my sister has celiac disease, like who's to say? And then I was like, well, and dairy too. And then I was like, and in this book, they talk about how eggs are actually a big allergy that it's a hidden allergy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, shoot. Or just egg whites. So yeah, egg whites. We have eggs every day. And 
when I ate eggs, I had gas every day, and I don't anymore. So, <laughs> um, so I was like, you know what? We're all just gonna like get rid of it, all of it, and see how we do. And I went to my husband, and he, you know, he sees my daughter in pain every single day, and he was like just on board with it. He was like, yeah, I mean, because. If you say, what kind of person, like, well, who would say no to that, you know? And it's of like course, an option, a healthy option for your kid to not being on medicine. Like, mm -hmm. you are watching your kid in pain all day, you yeah. know? And that's not to say that your kid has to be in pain and tortured all day in order for you to make that transition. Right. You know? Yeah. You could just make it. It was a combination of that and me, like, researching it and talking about it for months and months and months. So it was the end of last year. And then, um, it was hard because it was right around all the Christmas parties and she basically couldn't have anything. And I, and I didn't have time to make her anything special at that point. Luckily, she has an amazing teacher who actually was the same thing. I think she was vegan and gluten-free, so she was great. And it was a really hard time for a few days, but we saw a change like almost immediately. We took, I took everything out and had people pick up all of our food that had anything in it. I just did a whole sweep of the house to get so rid of it. So what did you eliminate? Did, and so, also did all four of you do this or mm -hmm. just her? So all four of us, we eliminated, we became vegan, so no meat, but we said we would have like fish or shrimp. Um, we eliminated, so veganism is no animal byproducts as well. So no dairy and no eggs. And then we eliminated gluten, but the three of us, my husband, myself, and my son, after like a month, we put it back in. So we did our 21-day thing, and then none of us have an issue. At the same time, I decided we need to get Lorelai a, a delayed allergy testing, like based on my research. So um, I reached out to this girl, Abby, about that, and she does delayed allergy testing. She's amazing. She came over and did it for us. The results came back and Lorelai was allergic to glidian, the protein found in gluten, eggs, and dairy. Exactly what we took out. It was actually remarkable. And you noticed <laughs> a difference in her discomfort levels immediately. Right away. But probably like within a few days to a week. But then we weren't, we hadn't told everyone, and this was before COVID. So she would go to friend's house and they would give her stuff or she would like sneak it or whatever and she would start she would have pain again. So I think it was probably even earlier than that, but she would go over and they wouldn't know and they'd give her treats. Like everyone always wants to give kids treats. I don't know why. To shut them up sometimes. So I remember the biggest turnaround for us was it was New Year's Eve and she had gone to a friend's house and like eaten some like gingerbread cookies that had gluten and probably dairy and eggs. And she was, she missed all the fireworks with the neighborhood. She missed everything. She was in the bathroom the whole night in a lot of pain. And I told her it's because like you snuck that you have, to, I'm not trying to be mean, but this is what happens. And she never snuck again. And she's been great ever since. Oh. Yeah, it was that, that was a turning around point for her. Well, I think it's also huge to have everyone on board and I want to, I would like to hear what your advice or um, what your guidance would be to someone who has, let's say, either has two kids or has no kids, mm -hmm. but has a partner or someone in their life that they would like to help transition um, or they've been thinking about it, but like they need that accountability. But there's not this quote unquote medical reason or quote unquote medical issue that needs to be addressed to make that shift. You know, like mm -hmm. we had Lorelai's discomfort, but then 
what would you say to someone who's just an average Joe, no clear underlying health issues, how would you get someone and a family on board to try veganism without having that almost threat, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, um, my husband is part Korean, so there's a lot of, and that's important just because we eat a lot of um, ethnic food and Asian food. Like he, his number one favorite food is rice, which is great, right? Like mm-hmm. rice with sriracha and kimchi, or whatever. yeah. Um, so he was not a huge protein person, but he loves his Chinese food with chicken, which by the way he got today. But I try to make Chinese tofu, like. Um, which is amazing. It's a great recipe all the time, whenever he's craving it, whenever my daughter craves it, so that he won't get that. Um, we watched this movie, Game Changers, and he was like, okay, I could definitely like give up meat. I, you know, he liked the movie. He was like, okay, I can do it. Um, and so I think it's just information. I was like feeding him information, and then I had a talk in front of the kids because they were like, wait, we can't eat fried chicken. <laughs> when I told them we were going to be vegan, and I was like, I told them about what happens to chickens and how they're all cramped up and how they get so heavy they can't even, their legs collapse under them. And I told them about all the animals, and they got so compassionate that my son wanted to save all the animals in the world and put them in one big field. And he said, Grandma's field, she has like four acres of land. And if we go to everyone's house and take all the animals, then no one will ever hurt them again. Aww. Yeah, so. So you guys have it from, it's like a double whammy. You've got it for the compassion, mm-hmm. you've got it for the health reasons, and environment. obviously environmental yeah. impact is huge. So, um, what are some good recipes that, or like, what are some things that you use to transition? Because so many people think veganism, they're like, I don't want tofu and just salad. You know, it's so Oh, God, tough. yeah, I don't like salad. <laughs> I mean, I do, but, like, I haven't eaten salad in a long time. Exactly. So people just think vegan, root word, veg, and they're like, oh, boring. I want fun food or easy food. French fries are vegan. But what do you like, – damn it. What do you um, – what are some good staples for, like, maybe picky eaters or uh, a carnivorous husband who wants to – integrate more into it and just like even if you don't sit down with your kids and say hey we're doing vegan um if you just wanted to make the meal if you're the matriarch or if you're the dad and you want to try it like what would be some good go-to meals well first i would say like don't if you a husband like someone who's another adult or partner not your children who have to kind of do what you say (laughs) Um, like don't push them too much like when he still has his creamer every day so he's actually like he's 90% vegan mm-hmm. and that's good enough you know he has his creamer he got Chinese today but he hasn't got in weeks he ha- he eats almost all vegan like all you know so but don't push them too much or else they'll, they won't you know um, so information and then just don't push so much but if you make the meals like I'm making the meals my goal was I want them to, my number one goal was if we're gonna do vegan, I want them to love it. I want them to realize that veganism is just as yummy, if not yummier, and your body will feel better, your skin will be better as you get older, you're not hurting any, any animals. So I just went through all these different websites and I tried to find all these recipes and that's when I started liking cooking. I found this, Tofu General So's recipe that is actually the bomb dot diggity com. It's amazing. <laughs> is the is it on your Instagram? <laughs> it's, I don't know if the recipe's on there. I have a picture, but I'll put the recipe on there. 
um, and it's gluten-free as well. That's our issue is we're not gluten-free anymore, but everything I make, I try to make a gluten-free version for Lorelai. So it is, it can be double work sometimes, but it's worth it. It's not fair to her. It's not her fault. She mm -hmm. hates it, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so I used to post the meals that I would pack for the kids' lunch and then coronavirus hit, so I stopped. But I would also say, like, don't put, like, a... Lunch doesn't have to look like sandwiches. Like, today, Lorelai had oatmeal for lunch, and she put bomb drizzle on it Yum. and breaks up blender bombs in it, you know? And then she also... I made french fries, like you said. I made french fries. We eat Cape Cod chips sometimes. Actually, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we... But at the same time, we're getting, like, tofu. I had never really thought it was that great until I went to Gnome Cafe and got their tofu grit bowl, you know? Mm. And I realized, oh, wow, tofu's, like, really good. And then I, I made the tofu general sauce. It's, it's fried tofu. It's versatile. It is. It really is. You can do a lot with it. It's kind of like cauliflower, right? Mm. You can make, like, cauliflower pizza. So there's not a lot of restaurants that have the food out there. So I would just find recipes and start making it. And Adam... I do cook like almost all of our dinners so he would eat what I made and if he didn't love it as much he would put sriracha on it and he was just fine you know um, yeah. when I asked him a few times hey can you make dinner I'm tired he found a recipe for cauliflower nuggets Aww. and I know <laughs> and he made cauliflower nuggets for them and they were so amazing I came home from work you know Monday night teaching and I'm like shoving the rest of them in my mouth good. they were so good yeah so it's just like sometimes we have like gluten-free crepes for dinner, you know, and it, it doesn't, doesn't have, have to be. To look the same. Yeah, I mean, I would just try not to put like a lot of pressure into transforming a non-vegan meal into a vegan. It doesn't have to be let's make dairy, uh, tomato pie into dairy-free tomato pie, which I did do, but you don't have to compare and transition one exact meal. Let's just. Like you said, call a spade a spade, make a vegan meal. Try not to compare it to a regular, like not non-vegan meal. I love you know? that. And okay, two two questions that I know I get all the time, um, and you saw before. First question is, what do you ever get? Backlash is not the right word. Do you ever have other hover parents who say, well, how do your kids get their nutrients? How do your kids get their vitamins and their essential minerals? And, you know, do they take supplements? Are they ill? Whoa! Can't talk. Gotta go. Um, sorry, guys. But what would you say to someone who's like, well, I want to do vegan for my family, but we're not going to get enough protein and, you know, it's unhealthy for my kids, like people who are maybe uneducated yeah. or stubborn, how would you approach a response or would you even respond? Yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten any backlash, but again, like COVID hit pretty shortly after we went that way. And um, honestly, most people are envious. They are actually the opposite way. They're like, oh, I, like I see your bread that you pack your son. I wish like I could make that bread or like, can I buy it from you? Like we've talked about that mm -hmm. or um, how did you make this? Or like, I mean, I would pack them blender bombs with carrots, with this, with that. Um, make vegan ranch if you need to for your kids to eat their vegetables. That's okay. It's not a big deal. I would say, you know, if, if they really want to do it, 
it depends on why. Like, what is their motivation? Because if they're not really motivated, they're not going to do it. But it's not hard. So many of our foods are already vegan, and they just don't realize it. Agreed. And if you're not going gluten-free with that, which is very challenging but doable, I do it, you know, then it's it really – it actually is fairly easy. And I, you can – I wouldn't say trick because you want your kids to understand that they're not eating chicken nuggets, but you can say, hey, we're trying chicken nuggets a different way now. These are these are a different form of nuggets and let them try the cauliflower nuggets, you know. Um, in terms of protein, you can calculate how much protein your kid needs and make sure they're getting enough. I do give my kids a vitamin. I don't like them to have um, gummies or dyes. I don't let them eat candy. My son has like reactions to dyes as well. So I As give do them, most children, we just don't like. They don't know that. it. They don't realize the exactly. connection. Yeah, and I don't let them eat any candy at all. If they have any dessert, it's going to be a dessert that I make. It's going to be homemade. And but that's it'll it. be fucking bomb. It'll be yeah, like a chocolate cheesecake. I mean, it's real yeah. dessert. It's, it's real dessert. And that's the other thing is like I don't like so you know like at schools they like there's a kid's birthday every day and they give you these cupcakes full of all this stuff which is fine if that's what you want but I didn't want my kids to have that because of all their reactions. And just because I don't want them to. So I, every time I told the teacher, let me know. And I would send something in every time. And it is, it's like work. And you have to like stay up late one night till 10 PM is late for me, make cookies, put them in the freezer and then be prepared to set out one or two on that day. Like, but, and I'm not a planner. I am not organized at all. I just enjoy it. And it's important. What you put in your body is more important than almost anything else. It is. So it's, I, I just put a lot around that. I put I, I'm I'm in the kitchen a lot, uh, a lot, and I love it. And it's, and we're teaching the kids like the way they do math baking with me, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, you guys, you eat tofu, and if you don't like tofu, you can do lentils, and if you don't like lentils, you can do things like beans. black beans and rice. Mm-hmm. You can do, and if you have any GI issues with beans, then maybe you could even do, um, do I mean, other than soy, you could do edamame, quinoa, peas, you know, take a supplement once every other day if you need to. Take a protein powder shake. We do Buddha bowls too. We do a lot of Buddha bowls and put potatoes and everything in that. And it's Mm -hmm. all about, I actually think it's all about sauces, sauces and dips, because all of it's the same. You wouldn't eat plain chicken and like it. It's because it's marinated in something and soaked. Well, marinate and soak your vegetables then. People miss the flavors that yeah. they think they associate mm-hmm. with me. It's not so much, I can't tell you how often I have people, like nutrition clients that I work with, they say, well, I don't miss meat at all because this stuff has flavor, because it tastes like Thai peanut sauce, right. because it tastes like um, A1. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you can make it creative. A1, vegan, just put it up. Right, there's it's an- not, well, and there's, um, I actually do a lot of Asian food, and so like I'm on the hunt for making the best pad thai, which my daughter loves. My son doesn't love dinner foods as much, but he eats when I make a meat. I make him eat a certain amount. I do mm-hmm. every night for dinner, but he eats plenty for lunch and breakfast, and it's fine. And, and then, kids are weird with the way they eat. Like it's gonna fluctuate. It is. I'm not too worried about it. He's like a healthy kid. If he doesn't eat as much for dinner, that's fine. But I think, um, you know, we eat a lot of bao. Oh, we make the the Asian baos like those. Um, roll those and the inside is like zucchini and other vegetables which they love and it was all about like the sauce that's on it is so good like a chili oil and it's so amazing and but, it's affordable you can make it affordable too yeah you re- yeah you really can we because of baking we spend a lot but if it was just for cooking it's really not that much mm-hmm. it's really not that different think about how much meat and seafood costs yeah. you know yeah it's oh worth yeah it's, it to transition that to organic vegetables it's definitely more 
um, expensive, I think, to do like meat and seafood. Completely agree. You and think like the most, there's never been like a whole steakhouse for vegans, you know? Right. Can you yeah. imagine? No, it's a, uh, yeah. Well, and also like letting your kids be a part of it. Like my daughter loves cooking. The other day she was arguing and I wanted to distract her. So I pulled her down and I was like, look at all the spices, pick whatever you want and put it in the vegetables. So she mixed all these these spices in. It was really good, yeah, and she liked it a lot. And then and she has a little bit of control in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. She's involved. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I know I have had you for more time than I expected talking about this, and I did want to get into one, but I feel like I kind of want to leave it as a cliffhanger for the next time I have you on here, which is the boob job thing. Mm-hmm. Why don't we touch on that really quickly? And I feel like I feel like we need to do a round table with you and me and a couple of other girls that we know who have had the same um, same circumstances and same outcomes of positivity. So we've been posting all over social media about, of course, this topic, but also boob jobs. And I'm not getting one. That'd be fun. <laughs> but if you guys want to donate. Um, but the crazy, crazy story that Liz has that is still under wraps it's still undercover that people don't really know that this is a thing Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna let you take over and we don't have to go too deep into it but i want to hear a little bit about your experience why people should just start to think about this kind of situation well i always had small breasts and was fine with it um and then i breastfed my second child who just for two and a half years he's a boy he likes boobs and he turned them into to deflated little balloon looking weird things <laughs> Rats which noses. was still like whatever it's fine but then I got in really good shape this is like pre-hilo and I was like everything but that like my bathing suit looks horrible and blah, blah blah and so I did tons of research and talked to the doctor numerous times he was sick of me got the smallest size possible like this like I wanted to go smaller and he said no so got the smallest size I could and um which you ended up being what like a b no i was a but an a to a b yeah oh. maybe no just a b yeah you're right a b i, I was like a really good negative b. a before a b yeah so then i started like a year afterwards i started having these issues and um i started gaining weight but partially i think just like work and um age and stuff but i had a lot of a lot of different issues and one of them being a lot of dizziness and there was numerous things I looked at, like working in the heated room, all the things, and I couldn't figure it out. So I went and got my blood tested, and my ferritin was so low that the doctor was like, you should not be able to like, walk around this much. Like, I don't understand how you're working out two times a day and teaching three, five to heat classes. You know what I mean? Like all Tell these heated classes. So ferritin is a level in your um, iron, but it's the stores they use for energy for exercise so it's like your own storage just for exercise and it was like basically non-existent in me and I had already looked up BII and thought it was that which is what uh, breast implant illness I figured it out after like a long time of research found all these people found this group here everything I realized that's probably what it was went to the doctor found out my ferritin levels she believed me actually and agreed with me. She wanted me to go on medicine for the ferritin. I went on it for a month, and then I was like, wait a minute. I wonder if my like boobs are doing this, so I don't wanna go on the medicine, I wanna get them out. So I stopped the medicine, got, in, 
got the explant like maybe like eight months later, a long time later. So my ferritin should still have been low. A few months after I got my implants out, I went back and got my blood levels again and my ferritin was normal. Fucking crazy. Yeah, so. and I only took one month. There's no way that it was, because I've been anemic before, severely anemic in college. Like there was no way, which is different, but still like my iron did not go up in one month. It was less than a month. I didn't even finish the, the thing. And then, you know, those issues kind of left. So... Wow. Yeah. How crazy. So BII, I want to do a whole episode on breast implant in, what is it, infection? Illness. Illness. Yeah. Um, because if you have breast implants, I feel like so, a lot of the symptoms are um, pretty typical mm-hmm. for people who maybe work out a lot, who are tired, who aren't sleeping enough, who are, you know, there are all these reasons. I'm not saying that every person who gets their boobs done is going to have issues with it, but if you are and it's almost this like unsolvable issue then it's something to look into and i think that it affects more people than we know just in hilo i know four members who've had explants and it's a very small town and it's a special kind of surgery it's a special kind of doctor who's going to help you um navigate through those symptoms and like anyways i I find it so fascinating and i want to get more into your experience with that the next time we're on and the next time we do all this um but I'm going to let you set you free. I've had you for an hour here. But um, if you guys do want to get some of Liz's content, where can people find you? What, if you could leave anyone with one piece of advice, whether it be life, resource, podcast, what would you leave them with and where can they find you? Oh, advice. Wow. Okay. Well, first, let's go where you can find me. You can find me at lizwood.fitnessbalanced. You can find me at Hilo every day. <laughs> um, sorry about that. That was me that time. Um, I'm on Facebook, but not a lot. Um, and advice. If it's on nutrition, I would just say one change at a time. And Eliza has said this too. One change at a time. Like take out your coffee creamer and replace it with like a nut milk. You know, and place one dinner with a vegan meal. Um, go out to eat and find a vegan restaurant and realize how great it can be. Like I started because Gnome and Hurriali were so good and you realize you can make good vegan food. Mm. People think that it's gonna take a long time for recipes and it can, but it doesn't have to. And so don't, if you get too overwhelmed, it's really all in your head. You know, put on a good movie, put on a good show that's hilarious, you know, and then start cooking away. That's what I do. I love that. It's simple, and yeah. it's it's that's good takeaway. I feel like that's simple, straight to the point, and um, something everyone can relate to. But you guys, thank you so much for listening. And if you've made it this far, uh, make sure you go check out the Patreon, P A T R E O N, if you want to support the podcast financially, and if you would like to um, just energetically support the podcast, an amazing way to do that is to like, share, subscribe, give us a follow at Hotter Than Health on Instagram. Again, lizwood.fitnessbalanced on Instagram to find Liz and all of her amazing stories, posts, recipes. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. You're amazing. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.